Please open the Word of God this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We are in the house of the Lord our God to worship Him and His Son, Jesus Christ. And we'll start today's theme about the fear of the Lord with this text in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. A wonderful verse. I would hope that if you were asked, what are your favorite verses about the fear of the Lord, that you might have two or four or six such verses that you would know. And this may be one of them. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, I read to you verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God is the phrase that includes our subject for today, and that is to fear the Lord. Let me briefly explain this precious verse. Having therefore these promises. The promises have been listed in the last part of chapter 6. Beginning in verse 16, it tells us that God promises, I will dwell in them. In the middle of the verse, I will dwell in them. He will walk in them. Promise number two, I will be their God. Number three, they shall be my people. Number four, verse 17, the last five words, I will receive you. Verse 18, will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. The Lord Almighty just made seven promises to a church that had long before been eternally elected to salvation, justified on the cross by the Lord Jesus Christ, regenerated in time, had been converted for years. The Apostle Paul had been their pastor personally for 18 months when he was in Corinth. He stayed in that city and formed that church after the Lord told him in a dream one night, I have much people in this city. That was the city of Corinth. It's very interesting for us to realize that Paul had been with them. Paul had been away from them for a while. He wrote the first epistle, acknowledging that they were the saints of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was another delay of time. He wrote this second epistle, and yet God is promising a relationship with this church that they did not yet have, or a relationship that they had that they would experience it in a fuller measure. And so he's referring to that. He says, I will dwell in them. He already was dwelling in them. He was already inhabiting them as the Spirit. And no church is described as having more spiritual gifts than the church at Corinth. I will dwell in them, walk in them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. I will receive you. I will be a father. Ye shall be my sons and daughters. Now those things were already true in certain respects. They were true eternally. They were true legally. They were true vitally. And to some measure they were true practically. But they could be more so true practically. And they would be true in the final phase of salvation. And it depended upon the seventh chapter and the first verse. Having therefore these promises, since God's promised us these things, dearly beloved, and the church at Corinth 
was dearly beloved by God. Here is what you and I want to take away from today, what the true fear of the Lord is. Let us cleanse ourselves. They were already cleansed by Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. He washed their sins away. He had obtained everlasting righteousness in which to clothe them. But there is a call upon the saints of God to cleanse themselves. We are supposed to wash our hands as James chapter 4 describes, and cleanse our hearts. Let us cleanse ourselves. And today, we have come together in the house of the Lord to worship the Creator God of heaven, the Lord Almighty, as that sixth chapter ends, to encourage each other to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. The flesh here refers to your physical, fleshly body, and the spirit refers to your internal apparatus of decision-making and thoughts. We want to cleanse the outside. We want to cleanse the inside to be fit servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that would be perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We want to be perfectly holy in our lives, in our thought processes, in our speech, in our actions. And in so doing, we can perfect holiness. We've been given a holy nature in regeneration. A nature, a new man, that the Bible says, is created in righteousness and true holiness. We can perfect holiness by cleansing ourselves from all filthiness, all filthy, dirty, polluted, corrupt, perverse, profane ideas or actions of the world. We should get rid of them all to perfect holiness, and we should do it based on our motive of the fear of the Lord perfecting holiness in the fear of God, the moving incentive, the motivation for us, the pressing ambition for our souls should be the fact that we fear God, which we are going to define and apply further today. But notice, chapter 6 did end with the words, Lord Almighty. And Lord Almighty means He has all might, and there is no resisting of His power And there should be great admiration of His strength. And so we should fear Him. We should have reverent respect and honor for Him and be committed to keeping all of His ways to please Him, lest we would offend or displease Him. And so this seventh verse is weighty. It's packed full of meaning if you go back to the sixth chapter and find the promises that are there listed. We are the dearly beloved of God. Jesus Christ has cleansed us, but we don't stop there. We don't stop with His cleansing. We cleanse ourselves. And we are able to do that by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit and the continual intercession of the Lord Jesus Christ and His work that still remains ready for us to confess our sins. And God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Wonderful verse. Here, that's the fear of God moving us to doing something great, perfecting holiness. It's described as getting rid of all filthiness, all worldliness of our external lives and our internal lives, and on a, and with a real strong motive for doing so, and that is the promises that were laid out there at the end of chapter 6. May the Lord bless us to fully appreciate those promises that were made. We were told in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, 
that uh, these exceeding great and precious promises, if we partake of them and believe them, it makes us partakers of the divine nature because it provides the incentive for us to put on our new man which is created in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ who created him. Let us pray. Holy Father, there is none holy as the Lord. We bless Thee, the thrice holy God, identified as such in both testaments as our Father in heaven. Thou art the Lord Almighty. Thou hast made the heavens and the heaven of heavens and the earth and all that is therein. Thou hast made them for thyself and for thy pleasure, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. All are thine. We humble ourselves before thee, Lord God Almighty. We do fear thee this day. We have assembled in out of love and affection, reverence and respect, desire and delight, commitment and loyalty to thee and thy word. We love thee and all thy commandments, and we want to keep them. Help us toward this end, Heavenly Father. We are thankful that the proper view of you, O Lord, should motivate us to perfect holiness because you have commanded us to be holy, for thou art holy. And this includes our outward conforming to your word and our inward conforming. Heavenly Father, help us to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Convict us by your spirit to do so. Grant us the power to make the changes. We can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us. For you have given us divine power for all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We thank thee that you have heaped upon us these seven promises. We thank you and bless you, O Lord, that you have dearly loved us before we ever loved thee. Help us to return our love to Thee by cleansing ourselves and ridding ourselves of every spot that this world would seek to pollute us with. We thank Thee for Your great promises. Lord, we know that there is a greater blessing of Your indwelling presence even in this world, and there is perfect presence of You with us in the world to come. And we thank Thee for these promises. Stir us up today, Heavenly Father. We are thankful to know that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord and that the knowledge of the holy is understanding. We want to know You better, Heavenly Father. We're thankful for precious words like we find in the book of Job where we are told to acquaint ourselves now with Thee and be at peace and thereby good shall come unto us. We bless and praise Thee, Holy Father, that Thou art knowable, and that Thou hast revealed Thyself to us, and that Thou hast equipped us, and led us, and opened our eyes and our ears, and humbled us, and saved us, that we might know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. Holy Father, bless us this day, as we look at many scriptures that we will remember this first text and that when we go home 
And as we sit here and stand here and worship together, we will commit ourselves to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in your fear. We pray for your blessing upon all the assemblies of saints and their pastors throughout the world. And for those lost sheep that are scattered abroad, we pray for them as well, that have no shepherd and have no flock with which to dwell, but are alone. We pray your mercy upon them. Father in heaven, we thank you for this great nation in which we live, where there is no hindrance to our worship this morning. There is no hindrance to us practicing your full gospel easily and openly in our lives. We pray that you would preserve our nation. We thank you for it and its government. And we pray for our rulers, that you would sustain them, defend them, lead them, guide them, teach them, and direct them into a way to pass legislation as kings have in the past that would be for the profit of your people. We thank Thee, Holy Father, for all that Thou hast poured out upon us. We thank Thee that Thou hast saved us with an everlasting salvation, sent Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to provide perfect and everlasting righteousness for us, and You declare our righteousness practically as we obey Your written Word. We thank Thee for the Scriptures, and we pray this day that You would open our eyes and open their pages that we might behold wondrous things out of thy law. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would pour out your Spirit upon us and in us to stir us up and to show us the things of your Word more clearly. That you would provide us the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing you better. We thank thee for every material provision that we have more than anyone else has ever experienced as a nation or group of people or generation. We are blessed abundantly. We thank Thee for every measure of it, and we ask You to keep it from deceiving our souls and causing us to be fat and lazy as Christians. Bless us to be fervent in spirit and zealously affected always in good things. Stir up our passion that we will crave knowing Thee better and that we will greatly be consumed with living more perfect lives before Thee, that we might please Thee, and that we might be a delight to Thee, and that You might take pleasure in us as we fear Thee in this world. Heavenly Father, these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to whom belongs honor and glory, blessing and power, riches and wisdom, forever and ever. Amen.